It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I've been searching so high and low for a girl to make me quiver, make my knees start All right, welcome to back like to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. The Horn is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's where we play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who's jamming right now, Patrick? This is Derek Davis. He is playing a Saturday early show at the SABG down on South Austin, South Austin Beer Garden on Manshack. Uh, they're doing a crawfish boil and fundraiser down there tomorrow. He's playing part of that, uh, raising money for backpack friends uh, that help feed kids that uh, need help, assistance getting fed. They get fed at school, but on weekends and during the summer, they don't get the food. And without help from people like backpack friends, they may not be able to eat as much and not get the meals they need. So. A uh, very cool uh, thing happening cool. tomorrow at SABG. Raffle, crawfish boil, all that uh, big fundraiser. Uh, some friends of mine put it on. It's the guy who basically pays for all the crawfish and everything out of his pocket, and then all Man. the money goes to charity. It's a very cool thing. Okay. Um, and what's the name of the organization again? One more uh, time? Backpack Friends. You can go to backpackfriends.com okay. to learn more I, about that. I'm about to do that because that, nah, that is a phenomenal organization. Love yeah, and SABG cool bar down there on Manshack. It so. is a cool bar. I've actually been in So I think it's like 1 to 6 p.m. tomorrow. So nice during the day. Oh, yeah, just stroll on him. by, drop off some uh, money for the kiddos. Put some money in for the raffle. Get some good Try and win some stuff. And kick it. That's a, that's a great. Good music, good event. people. All right, you know what? Hey, man, Robbie's in the neighborhood. I'm at South Austin Beer Garden, right? That's Hey, that's where I'll, I'll be hanging out there tomorrow. So. All right, I might hit you up, bro, because that just sounds like a fantastic event. We're at another great event, also for a great cause. We're yes, at the sir. Mullet Open, the 22nd Mullet Open. Um, so uh, shout out to my man, Buck. He hooked it up. Uh, BK's out here. He came back in town from H-Town. Uh, big star in H-Town came back here to ATX to kick it. E. Hogan's out here kicking and having a good time. Uh, so uh, all the stars are out having a good time. I think most of the folks are still out on the golf course. But they're definitely getting ready to come back because – uh, the the bartender just set up shop. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I know. Harsh texted us about an hour ago and said he had four holes left. I think that's how golf works. I, I know. Think four I think holes it is too. takes like an hour. I know it's taken, it, but I just I think that he's you know we haven't heard back, so he, he may still be on four holes. What time would they start? Eleven. Eleven or noon, something like that. Start at eleven a.m. Eleven. Yeah, eleven. See, that's like I said. There's nothing in my life. I repeat, <laughs> I'm not joking, guys. There's nothing in this world I want to do for six hours. Nothing. Sex, sleep, sit on the beach, drink, smoke, there, video, nothing I want to do. What do you want to do for six hours? Wait, 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 wait. Would you watch The Godfather Part 1 and 2 back to back? No. No. I'll take a that. break. <laughs> I watch one one day and I work work two the next okay, day. Okay. For six hours. To find something. There's nothing in my life, guys. I don't have that kind of personality. We, we I don't want to do anything. Even sitting on a beach. I love, the beach is probably my favorite place in this world. Sit on a beach somewhere. Yeah. I won't do it for six no, hours. I, I'm going to the beach in next in a couple months. And, uh, yeah. Six hours a lot. Three hours? No. Great. Six hours? A no. little excessive. I can go home and come back. Hey. I was like, group, se- <laughs> group sex is great. Six hours of it, I'm all, I'm done. Like, I, I don't, what, put a time limit on this thing. What are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Like, come on. You can't just keep joining the group every now and then. You can't keep adding to the group. No. 
I can say, there's nothing in my life I want to do that long. I, I'm, nothing against people who play golf, but six hours of it? No, there's nothing. Nothing in, nothing in this world <laughs> is that satisfying. Sorry. For six hours of it. Guys, come on. <laughs> six hours? Think about that, man. Oh, I love you, it. You can do it I, your life I, for six hours, whether than on a damn. I don't, don't want to do anything for six hours. Sleep, sex, drink, on the beach. It doesn't matter. It's all boring after six hours of yeah. it. I'm going to be having sex with Scarlett Johansson, the fourth hour, I'm going to be like, lady, can we go get something to eat? Come on, baby, let's go get some appetizers. My balls can we go hot. watch a movie? Let's go kick it a little uh. bit. Can I get to know you? Damn. Six hours? Anyway, let's move it on. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all right, let's get to this story. This is an interesting story here. So we talked about this, Patrick. You and yes. I did. We played yes. sound, actually, from Jesse Simonton, I believe it was, and Josh Pate. Jesse Simonton works for On3. Josh Pate works for 247 Sports. They were doing a separate, basically, their own analysis of Texas' spring game. Both of them came to the same conclusion with separate analysis of the Texas spring game. And you know what it was? Malik Murphy could be playing for a lot of power five Ooh. schools. Oh, yeah. Malik Murphy could be playing for Alabama potentially right now. He's that damn good. He's and Alabama go. don't got a QB. And Alabama don't have a QB. <laughs> they do. They got some bigger issues. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but they came to the same conclusion that, you know what, man, he looks so good. He was, he was great. He was 9 of 13, spring game, 165 yards, one touchdown. He really did look great. Remember, all the talk nationally was about, oh, Arch Manning is, you know, he's in a competition. No, with Quinn Ewers, like, no, 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 Arch Manning is not in the competition with Quinn Ewers. Arch Manning is right now just adapting to being a student athlete yeah. on campus, and Malik Murphy decided to basically change the narrative and hush all the naysayers and let them know that, no, that backup job is his job. All right? no, I mean, he is the backup quarterback. It's great to see him healthy for a spring to, to actually be able to show off what he yes, can do and also grow some more because – we know that he's just had so many injury problems throughout the first year that he was here. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see him be able to come back. So I, 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 it was definitely this spring that is one of the major revelations is that Malik Murphy all of a sudden it, it makes that quarterback room way more valuable than people thought it was because they thought, well, you have Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers. You're set. Yes. And now you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Can we come take that third guy? You don't need three. You don't need that guy. Y'all are glutton the quarterback. <laughs> Give us one. Give us yeah. one. You don't need that guy. You don't need him. You're good. Guys, it's hoarding. It's hoarding. It's not it's not healthy. Go Sark's, give us Sark's a hoarder. He's a Sark's, QB Sark's hoarder. A He's a QB hoarder. I used to actually watch that show uh, a little bit. Uh, at my, and I found out when I watched that show, my neighbor growing up was a hoarder. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I found out that he was a hoarder. Mr. Simon, shout out. Uh, he was a nice man, <laughs> but he was a hoarder. I found that out later on because I'd had a few glimpses into his house. I was like, yeah. oh, he's a hoarder. That explains a lot. That's why he used to, he used to kill possums and feed them to our dog and cook it. Oh, good that's Lord. What, that's when we and Mr. Simon, that's, we fell out over that. That, that fell out of, yeah. We didn't, we didn't fall out over the hoarding. We fell out over him killing possums, cooking them, and feeding them to our dog, yeah, Rocky. My, and I was like, Mr. Simon, I'm drawing a line, sir. My, my parents are borderline hoarders. <laughs> They're borderline, but then they have me who just has no emotional attachment to most things. And so they would literally have me, like when I was like 18, 19, 20, they'd just be like, Patrick, come through the house, throw it out. You're just purging Like, everything. we're going to go out, you just get rid of it. I'm like, you have newspaper like coupons and, and like the ads from newspapers Expired. 15 years ago. Expired. Why, why on earth do we have this? Uh, well, you know, we just set it down there, and then it was there. Are you sure? Because the difference between a pack rat. And a hoarder. 
Yeah. I got pack rats in my family. Pack rat is different than a hoarder. Hoarders and pack rats are different. It's, it is different. I, they yeah. maybe are just pack rats. I, mean, they're more pack I, know, rats. I, I, I don't know, but they, they have me come through every once in a while and just well, clear out some see, stuff. See, that means right there they're not a hoarder. Because they, they know. They, yes, because they, a hoarder is it's obsessive. Like, you can't <laughs> stop themselves. So like, they can stop themselves and go, hey, Patrick. So, so wait, crap. wait. Sark's just a pack rat of quarterbacks. He's, a, <laughs> he's not a hoarder of quarterbacks. Pack rat of quarterbacks. Okay. Like, he doesn't have Matt Leiner hiding in a closet somewhere. Seriously. Expired. Uh, expired. I love that. <laughs> great job. All right. Uh, let's get to it here. So Malik Murphy he had a great show and get the spring game, and people started to talk, a little scuttlebutt out there. But now we got a real report, an actual report uh, from Chris Hummer. And my man Chip Brown over at Horns 247 also backs this up. And you know Chip Brown, he's always diving the dumpster, man. He's got sources on top of sources. Uh, according to 247 Sports, Chris Hummer, on Thursday, Murphy's performance in the spring game caught the eye of multiple Power 5 programs who contacted him in attempts to lure him away from Austin in the transfer portal. Quote, multiple SEC schools reached out to those around Murphy to gauge his interest in transferring per sources. Additionally, at least one school from the Big Ten and Pac-12 also inquired. He also said even before the spring game, so before the Malik Murphy performance yeah. in the spring game, Chris Hummer states, even before the spring game, a source close to Murphy uh, told a report told him that people were already reaching out. All the write-ups you end up seeing, everything is about Arch. You start seeing all that, and you kind of forget about Malik. And where are the opportunities? Where are his opportunities? So there were a lot of people trying to see if there was a chance to love him up a little bit, end quote. All right. Now, first of all, <clears throat> this is really good. I mean, this is really good. I always say this is almost... This is like when somebody hits on your wife or your significant other. Yeah. It's annoying, but it's very flattering, right? It's, a, it's annoying, and you could argue it's kind of a backhanded compliment. It's like, dude, you know that's my woman, and you keep hitting on her, you keep flirting with her. It's all good because I know she is smoking hot. That is why it's a good thing for Texas. You used to have third-world problems at quarterback. Now you've got first-world problems at quarterback. There's a difference. And number two, tampering, and I've said it before on this show. Tampering is the speeding of sports. The NFL literally has a period called the legal tampering period because they know it happens so much. They're like, no, let's just legalize it. The guys are doing it so damn much anyway. The NBA, Adam Silver has stated on the record, players cannot tamper. Pre-existing relationships between yep. players, they cannot tamper. So players broker deals in the NBA all the time. Yep. The NBAification of the rest of sports. So now in college sports, because of the inextricable link between the NIL between the NIL, between NIL and the transfer portal, honestly, players can't tamper. So players who, because of these camps and because of all of social media, they can connect to players better than ever before. If a player from another school wants to recruit another player from another school, and players are the best recruiters because they walk between the raindrops of the NCAA rules because they don't apply to them because players can't tamper, there's nothing coaches can do about it. And that's where it starts. So tampering is like speeding. The most violated law or rule on the books. Y'all listening right now, you spare today. Everybody listening to this show in their car right now. Some of y'all speeding right now. Some of y'all speeding right now looking at the dance, but I'm going, damn right, be talking about me. We speed so much in this society that when you're taught how to drive, they tell you. Your instructors tell you only five miles over the speed limit. That's it. Don't go more than five. You go more than five. The cops going to be offended. They're going to pull you over. We've all heard this, right? That's how, that's, how, that's how violate that rule is. They don't want to enforce it. That is tampering. Think of tampering as speeding. Everybody's doing it, even your favorite coach. And there's an argument to be made that if your coach ain't tampering, 
he ain't doing his job or she ain't doing her job. That's tampering, ladies and gentlemen. Get over it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Sark had no tampering with uh, Quinn Ewers at Ohio State. <laughs> sure there was none. Exactly. Sure nobody reached out to him while he was still at Ohio State. Not and, at all. And got him into the transfer portal. And, then <laughs> and, and look, maybe it wasn't Sark. Maybe it was somebody else in the organization. Mm. Maybe it was somebody that was an old friend, pre-existing relationship mm. with Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, they, we know that there's, we have a quarterback that was a transfer that, uh, that had a pre-existing relationship with Sark had been recruited by him. He comes to Texas, we get Quinn Ewers. I, I mean, it just it happens. It happens. It's and for a lot of cases, it's better for the players because if you're stuck in a situation where you can't, you don't know what's out there, I, there's parts of it where some of these players are going to the transfer world that shouldn't be because no one is tampering with them. That is a great point. And you're like, man, if, if, no one, if your phone ain't ringing, don't, don't, don't stay where you're at. That's scary. Because uh, if those people who are transferring hit those portals real quick, they've at least got some offers. They've got, they've got a backup plan at least. They go, let's go see what's out there. Like Hunter Dickinson for uh, the basketball, his goal was to go to Kentucky, right? He wants to go to Kentucky. That was where he wanted to go. Kentucky's uh, center is uh, doing the draft, seeing if he wants to go to the draft uh, okay. or not. Without but he has not said if he's coming back or not. So Hunter Dickinson basically, as one he wanted to go to Kentucky, couldn't wait anymore. He ends up at Kansas. He had a backup plan. Yep. He still goes to a great school, but he knows, hey, I'm a top guy in the portal. I can leave here, and I've got people telling me I can go multiple places. Blake Murphy would be perfectly fine going wherever he wanted. And I'm sure several Power Fives, several people in our, in our current conference and our new conference yep. in the SEC no, right. have reached out and said, hey, man, why don't you come here? And then, you know what? They think, they think, sorry, they think Quinn Ewers is so much better than you. They were going to put Archibald to you, too. You'll be third in that room. You come here, you're, you're from the line. I can't believe they couldn't convince him. That says a lot about it Sark. Does. Sark said he was his culture. I think it's a little more than the culture. I'll tell you what I think it is, and I hope this is what it is. I hope it's Malik Murphy at practice every day as his own football evaluator and saying, Quinn Ewers ain't that good. I mean, he's good, but I'm just as good. I might be better. Yeah. Sark says my arm is stronger. I hope Malik Murphy's looking at Quinn Ewers every day in practice and in the game and going the same way Rob Babers looked at every guy ahead of me when I got here and went, man, I'm just as good, if not better than that dude. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know when the coach is going to see it, but so maybe they'll see it sooner or later. And you should have that attitude. If you don't have that attitude, then you ain't got that dog in well, you. Ain't you, that I good. I want a guy with that attitude. Yeah. And, and if, you watch, <laughs> if you watch football, you know that there's going to be injuries. You hope it doesn't happen to your team, but you know it is. So he can sit there, and, and he's been hurt multiple times. He can look and say, odds are that at some point I will get on the field. And all I have to do when I get on that field is be the best quarterback in the, in the building. Never give it up. And once I do, then it's real hard to not play me anymore. My and job. then now if, we're, now if there's a quarterback battle, now I can go take it. And then on the flip side of that, he may be getting these offers, and he knows what the offer was for Arch, and he knows what the offer was for Quinn. And he goes, y'all give me half? Y'all think I'm half the quarterback that that guy is? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to stay here for another year and wait till you raise that offer. That's a great point. And it has been reported, too, that uh, Malik Murphy's camp ultimately rebuffed those offers, those inquiries from other schools, the tampering. Um, and Texas did secure him an NIL package. Yeah. So he got a ludicrously um, loquacious bag. <laughs> great cash, homie. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're not. You can't be a quarterback hoarder if you're not going to pay for it. Hey. Well, especially if you got one for free. Yeah, exactly. If Arch Manning is the free one, well, hey. he wasn't free. We know that. Oh. He, his well, recruiting visits were legendary price. Yes, but that's true. But no nil money. But no nil. No nil money. So if we're saying nil, he's got one free of nil right now. You better pay the other one. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Yeah, no, I, I'm with this. So apparently he did get a bag. Like I said, maybe an obscenely uh, loquacious one, but he got one. And uh, I think that's the, that's the new era of the transfer portal yeah. in our era world that we live in. And I'm glad Malik Murphy wants to stay. And to your point about Malik Murphy, whether he has the mentality, I talked about that dog mentality, yeah. or he is just he may have both because he wants to learn under Sark, one of the best yeah. quarterback minds in the country. To your point, though, about he's going to play, Texas has needed at least two quarterbacks. All right, either performance or injury. All right, um, every year since 1998, except for 2019, 2016, 2010, 08, 05, and 2002. So you're talking about six seasons. And honestly, if you include, if you take the 2016 season and throw the 18 Wooler package in there, because 18 Wooler package was yeah. big, you can take that season out and there'll be five seasons since 1998 where Texas didn't need at least two quarterbacks for some reason or another. Yeah. Malik Murphy going to play. I want to knock on wood because I hope he don't. But uh, this recent history tells you you going to need him to play. Yeah, recent history tells you that if you don't have a really good backup quarterback, your season could be over way quicker than you thought. And in college football, I know they're expanding the playoffs. It is still sure. something that is every game matters. It's one of those sports that has the most every game matters. And even if – Quinn Ewers gets knocked out for three series, and that costs you a game because you don't have a backup and you just hand the ball off. Mm -hmm. And so you, you just give them, and they go up 21 points, and it's over. That, that's, that's huge to have a guy who can come in and play at the level, at the same level of your, your starting quarterback. Um, no, I totally agree with you. Um, also, since we're talking about this, just throwing that out there too, for Sark stockpiling quarterbacks, it is really, really important for him to stockpile those quarterbacks uh, because I went and looked at the 25 quarterbacks that Texas has signed since 2005. And if you take the four out of it that are still on campus, that leaves you 21. And you take the four out of it, I guess, that also graduated from the University of Texas. Think about this, 12 of those remaining quarterbacks transferred, which means your transfer rate now is around 57%. Yeah. For, your, for quarterbacks you signed. Jeez. You signed and bring a quarterback. But that's crazy. That's everybody. Yeah. That's not just a Texas No, 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 thing. yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not Texas, saying Texas is an unhealthy program. No, no, that's every school in the country. When you bring in a blue-chip quarterback, there's a 57 to 60% transfer rate when they step on campus. It's like a car that loses its value as soon as you drive it off the lot. As soon as you sign that quarterback, 60% chance they transfer. Boom. That's crazy. Big on. Yeah. And – and if you look at the hit rate, so, so, so say hit rate is the, the number of quarterbacks who actually exhaust their eligibility playing quarterback, four of them since 2005 for Texas. That would be both McCoys, Swoops, and Sam Ellinger. That's it. Yeah. And Swoops is tight end. It was a utility player mostly. Folks. We're talking about three. So you want to go hit rate? You're talking about less than a 20% hit rate on quarterbacks you bring in and higher than a 50% transfer rate. As soon as you bring them on campus, know that. That's why you stockpile the room. Yeah. Because your hit rate for even a really good you know, and the, the power five programs, it's really, really tough, man. 
All right, Sark, we need more quarterbacks. So, yes, be a hoarder. <laughs> be a, be, be a, a quarterback, quarterback hoarder. Be a quarterback pack yeah. rat. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, okay, uh, let's we'll get, hit the break here because I know we want to get into some other Longhorn news notes. And we'll do that in the 5 o'clock because there's a way too early preseason rankings we got to get to. Also, there's a on three wide receiver and tight end rankings I also want to get to. So we'll do that coming up next segment. Uh, but let's get into – we'll do that actually in the 5 o'clock. Next segment, I want to get into offensive and defensive rookie of the year odds in the NFL because the Texans are getting a lot of love. Bijan's getting a lot of love. Yep. We'll talk about that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, one point nine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's where my man Patrick plays jams from local bands and artists that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are jamming right now, Patrick? This is Megafauna, the new music from Megafauna. This song is called By Postal. They're doing a release party for the new album, Saturday at Sagebrush. Ah, all right, new album, huh? New album, big party Saturday at Sagebrush. like that. All right, there you go, my man Patrick, always keeping you in the know. Uh, and let you know exactly where all these very talented folks will be performing this weekend. So you can sound cool in front of all your friends. Cinco de Mayo edition of Ball Don't Lie. So happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody out there. And we are looking live from the Mullet Open, the 22nd Mullet Open. How about that, folks? Man, it's been going for a long time. A tradition unlike any other. Uh, I think that's a, that's a master's saying, so I think you can't take that. Uh, but still, it is. The Mullet Open is also technically a tradition unlike any other. Uh, always for a great cause, too. So uh, thanks to Bucky. Bucky's running around here and been working hard. He's sweating. Uh, he's been actually working all this week, man, to make this a, a really uh, special event, and it is a very special event for a very special group of people. So we want to thank Bucky for all of his hard, hard work. All right, so – I was uh, looking at the Pro Football Focus overall odds for Rookie of the Year, defensive and offensive. Okay. First of all, uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, number one, Bryce Young, best odds at plus 450. Not surprising. Did, did, we heard the news today, though, Uh-oh. that they have said that Andy Dalton is QB1 to give Bryce Young plenty of time oh. to learn and be comfortable in the role before they put him in. I know. So that, that may be week one, by the way. I but. Know. As of spring training, Andy Dalton is QB1. I mean, really? We, we got to do this dance? We gotta, I, Lincoln Riley does this, too. Lincoln people like, in Carolina were a little too happy. Yeah, Lincoln you just got to give them a taste of reality. Lincoln Riley have a quarterback that's, like, projected number one overall pick. We're like, we got a healthy competition at QB. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> don't lie to me. Like, I, I know what's going on here. Yes, so, that is, that's what they came out. They did not. The Texans have not come out and said Davis Mills is the number QB1. They have not said that. Okay, so. Well, please, please don't do that to Davis Mills. He's a good guy. He don't deserve that. That's my quarterback. Yeah, but Andy, what would you say? Is it Andy Dalton? Or Andy Dalton is okay. QB1. Come on. I, I, look, I didn't I think I'd rather have Davis Mills. We, I, I will say. Okay, let me ask you this. Davis Mills or, uh, or Andy Dalton, who would you take? Andy Dalton. 
because I think he's going to throw really? less interceptions. Man. They're all. They're both going to be terrible. They're both terrible. They're both terrible. I will say, uh, Nick Foles. Nick, Nick Foles was released by the Colts today. Frank Reich is a Nick Foles fan. He could end up in Carolina as well. Uh, that would be better. So Nick opinion. Foles possibly could be. He could be QB one. I know he was released uh, like right before our show started today. Okay. So that and if Frank Reich is there from Indy, he's the one who brought him to Indy. He may try and bring him into Carolina. Well, I mean, they had a magical run. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah. With him so calling he may, plays, he may, so he loves him some big blank he, Nick. He may be bringing – so we know. Mm-hmm. I, so Nick's going to bring his big blank all the way over there to Carolina. Bryce Young's going to be third on the rotation. <laughs> Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and then that, that little guy, Bryce Young. <laughs> I know you're talking about Nick – Nick Foles' little guy. I thought you, I thought you were going to say. I really, I thought that's what the joke was going. I thought you. I swear, I was like, "Oh, this is a great setup." He's oh, gonna go. Jeez. He's gonna go. We need another extra roster spot for for Big Blank Nick's little guy. That's how big it is. I thought you were going there. Like, fairly not. I guess I was thinking about stuff on the brain. Yeah, yeah, it's on the brain right now. I apologize. Uh, Bryce Young, little guy. That little guy. That little guy. <laughs> he is uh, got the best odds, plus four fifty. Uh, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, second best odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year is Bijan Robinson at plus 300. Honestly, I'd put my money with Bijan over Bryce Young. I think Bijan's the best value here. Yeah, I mean, they got Jordan Addison at plus 1,600, third best odds remember, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Carolina had to trade DJ Moore in that trade to get the pick, too. They don't necessarily have a wide receiver core that is going to be tearing anything up. Oh, that's a great point. So and they insisted on having DJ Moore. They loved. They said he was like a. That was like a deal breaker for yeah. them. Yeah. Also, they uh, lost Deontay Foreman. They traded uh, Christian McCaffrey, so they don't necessarily have a big running game right mm-hmm. now either. Yep. So this offense may have some struggles, which I think is one of the reasons why they're like we don't necessarily need to put Bryce Young in there day one with no wide receivers and no running back. That's a lot of trauma and <laughs> ruin this young guy. Also. We, we all know he's smaller. We don't want him to get hit every play because there's no one open. I agree And that. no one pass blocking for him. So uh, that could be part of it that they're worried there. Uh, I, I think, I think Bijan, just because yep, like you, you put Bijan in uh, it, just so many different situations he could score. We know that they ran the ball so many times. Oh. You got the stat how many times they ran it while they were down. They, they ran it 49% of the time, time when they were trailing, and that's five percentage points more than any other team in the league in that situation. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we know he's going to get it. I think the only downfall for Bijan is if either they, they, that offense is completely, Desmond Ritter can't do anything, and they're just not even getting close to the goal line, or if – they try and do too much trickeration at the goal line and between Cordell Patterson and yeah. Algiers and Bijan, they're stealing each other's touchdowns. And so his stats don't necessarily do look as good. Yeah. But I still think if he gets 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards, it's going to be hard not to do it. The other ones you worry about are those wide receivers that went to good teams, Quentin Johnson in L.A. and Jackson Smith in Jigba in Seattle. Those That's are both on good teams, they're both, but they're both wide receiver threes pretty much. I was going to say, yeah, he's got D.K. Metcalf up there in Tyler Lockett. So if either of those yeah. guys surpass and get an even wide receiver two, they could be taking a run for the offensive rookie of the year as well just because, I mean, you're playing with Geno Smith had a great year last year in that Pete Carroll offense. Mm-hmm. If Jackson Smith and Jigma steps up or if Kellen Moore, man, Kellen Moore loves wide receiver threes, doesn't he? <laughs> That's a great Doesn't one. he? And he's got <laughs> Quinn Johnson right now oh. with Keenan Allen. And those actually hurt a lot. Those yeah. guys get those. They, they do. Both of them end up getting so a lot. So, Quinn Johnson could be could get like, some runs there with Kelly Moore and Justin Herbert. So, I, I'd say he's one of those guys you have to look out for. I agree with that. If he can stay on the field and he has any rapport with Justin Herbert. That's pretty good. I like that uh, Quinn Johnson one. That's pretty good. Um and, and going – but B. John, he's just in a – Yeah, spot. I mean, it, and it's, a running back is always going to be your favorite – 
Yes, exactly. Because they're going to touch the ball just that many more. How many tar- how many carries is he going to get, get versus it. how many targets will Quinn Johnson get? Totally agree. And he's going to get targets too. Yeah. B. Johnson will get a ton of targets too as a running back. So just look at the system he's in. Uh, B- Atlanta runs the ball more than any other team in the NFL. Uh, they run the ball more than any team in the NFL when behind <laughs> yeah. as well. And I think Arthur Smith has been waiting on a B. John Robinson-like player to weaponize within his offense. So um, he believes in positionless football. He can really uh, utilize Bijan in that in that way. So I think Bijan is a better pick for offensive rookie. I, I'm not just being a homer with that. No, and, uh, we know his skill set, but I think he's a better but pick. But I'll, I'll say I'll put Jameer Gibbs, I think, is up there as well. I don't know if he's got the same, you know, he's not no, the same guy as Bijan, but he's on a much better offense. No, I agree with that. I'm with you. He's being put into, and they traded Swift. So he's not even, he's not fighting with anybody else for those carries right now. He's, he is good. He's the guy. They're going to try and use him a lot. So I put him a lot. I know that they have uh, the odds. Jordan Addison is up there. I don't have Jordan Addison as high in mind. He's a really good receiver. Kirk Cousins is good, but Justin Jefferson's on that team. I love your Jameer Gibbs take, man. I I, I brought up Jameer Gibbs yesterday because I, I, from what I'm hearing and what I can research, more what I'm researching and less what I'm hearing, but more what I'm researching about the Lions. They, I'm not saying it's going to work, but they are planning on trying to make Jameer Gibbs their version of Debo Samuel. Yeah. Because it, it was reported by Rich Eisen that the Lions actually offered a first and a third for Debo Samuel last year. Except the, the Niners rebuffed that deal. Uh, and the Jets actually also were a team that offered uh, a first, I think that the 10th the overall pick and a pick swap actually, actually for Debo Samuel. That was via Ian Rappaport. They turned that down, too. My point is, those teams were both interested. Lions and the Jets in Jameer Gibbs. Lions, some people said, overvalued, overdrafted Jameer Gibbs. Well, not if you want to turn him into your Debo Samuel and yeah. he turns out being that guy. It's a copycat league. If they try to copycat that formula, Jameer Gibbs is the perfect player to do it with. He really, he is essentially a, a low-budget version of a, a Percy Harvin or a Curtis Samuel, somebody like that. Yeah, and I think he's a little bit ba- – like, because I think he can run the ball more. So even if the, the Debo Samuel experiment doesn't work fully out, I think he'll still be he's able still to work it, yeah. as a running back. Yeah. So if you do have to shift kind of back and go, mm-hmm. man, he's just – we're not getting him open. He's not getting separation on some of these routes that we really need him to be a little bit more crisp on or, the, you know, just the, the pace of play is a little bit too fast for him right now in his rookie years. You can still hand the ball in the backfield. He'll still be an effective back. And what we saw with Jamal Williams last year – who broke Barry Sanders' touchdown record? Oh yeah, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be somebody. There, there's going to be points to be scored. So if we say Bijan doesn't get the points and Jameer Gibbs gets the points, so Bijan has more rushing yards, but Jameer Gibbs has you know four or five more touchdowns on the season. Oh yeah, a, he could be somebody that could be an easy chance to get the offensive rookie there. Let's go to defense here. <clears throat> uh, they have with the best odds, plus three fifty to win defensive rookie of the year. They have Will Anderson. Uh, then number two, they have Tyree Wilson, drafted by uh, obviously Will Anderson, drafted by the Texans. Tyree Wilson, drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. They have him at plus eight hundred, second yep. best odds to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then cornerback Emmanuel Forbes of the Washington Commanders at plus fourteen hundred. The Will Anderson thing is interesting. If if Will Anderson wins Rookie of the Year, that that would be great for the Texans and. Really, the kind of the public relations aspect of of that pick, yeah. Because there, and I, I gave you guys the stats. I mean, there is a critique to be made about the Texans and that pick, and they spent too much. How about this? I'll give you a stat. <clears throat> this is a, a mind blowing stat. So, 
if you go look at the uh, the Texans and that pick they made, uh, tr- trading up to yeah. go to go get <clears throat> uh, to go get Will Anderson after drafting C.J. Stroud number one overall. If you go look at the actual value overall of the pick, you can say that they spent a little too much. Even the analytics staff, I guess, of ESPN, they said the only pick in the last 20 years, only pick where a team traded draft capital to make that pick, which was more uh, kind of, I, I, I'd say, more expensive or at least it cost more draft capital than the Texans spent on trading up to Will Anderson was the Julio Jones pick. That's the only pick in the last 20 years yeah. that a team traded for that actually cost more draft capital than the Texans paid for Will Anderson. Now, if, if, it, if, Julio, if they turned out to be, you know, a Julio Jones-type pick where he's a Hall of Fame player, yeah. then job well done. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, but and if it doesn't turn out to be a Hall of Fame-type pick, then, yeah, there's a chance you might have spent way – if he's not even a pro – say a pro bowler or Hall of Fame or all-pro-type player – then, if yeah, he ain't picking spent, up his fifth-year option. You spent way too much. Yeah, on. if you're not picking up his fifth-year option, then this was oh, it there. God, they're definitely going to do that just so just so, they, just, just so they don't have to deal with the public. And, and, and then we can also go into that. That also is all going to come down to what their record is next year and yes. where that pick ends up being. Because if that pick is number two, then, yeah, that's really hard to justify. But if he wins defensive rookie of the year, he wins right, defensive rookie of the year. Way. Yeah, and if he wins defensive rookie of the year, then you're probably not number, number two pick in the draft either. Oh, great point. Because he, right. he probably got double-digit sacks. Yeah, yeah. He's around there somewhere. Like that. And remember, I gave you the other staff. You look at the Jimmy Johnson value chart. The Texans, if they finish top ten, which I don't think they're going to be a top ten team, they could be next year. If they finish top ten, then that trade for Will Anderson – would have paid 149% on the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart, 183.7% on the football perspective draft value chart. That's equal on the Jimmy Johnson value chart to the 13th overall pick. On the football perspective chart, is equal to the third overall pick. That's a really expensive draft pick, guys. Yeah. All right, only the Julio Jones pick was a costlier trade draft trade than that Will Anderson pick. It's got to work. So I'm with you on the fifth-year option. And actually, I went and looked up – this comes from Bill Barnwell, by the way, so shout-out to him – on positions who have had their fifth-year option picked up more often times than not, the, the, basically the hit rate of fifth-year options since 2011. Uh, the only two positions – because I uh, yesterday I, I, I brought up a stat, and it was about fifth-year options and fifth-year extensions. So this is yeah. just fifth-year options, not the extensions. Though They are different. The fifth-year options – only running back, actually, and really only running back and linebacker are pretty much the fifth-year options that are hovering around 50% or lower. Fifth-year options for running back only picked up 35.7% of the time, yeah. and linebackers, 50-year options picked up 52% of the time, damn near 53%. Um, but quarterbacks, highest rate uh, – sorry, quarterbacks are at 62%, but the highest rate of any position is tight end. 87% of tight ends, fifth-year options are picked up. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder what that is. I, I guess the money's just okay. Ah, you're right. It's not, it, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a real hit. Yeah. yeah, so you don't mind doing it because you're like, eh, we don't need another one. They're good enough, and we're not going to pay. The running back problem is you're like, we're either signing to an extension that we like or we're, we're moving on. That's a great point. But we don't want yeah. to pay you like how the, the Cowboys are right now, mm-hmm. paying, uh, oh, paying yeah. Pollard, Pollard $10 million, $10 million? Dollars, and we saw what the market is, and he's vastly overpaid. Vastly overpaid. If you're looking at fifth-year extension rates since 2009, um, center at 88%, offensive tackle at 55%, then edge at 45%. So I am with you. 45% of the time, 
they sign extensions of first round picks, a fifth year extension. I'm uh, sorry, a, a, they end up signing a extension in that fifth year, I should say. Yeah. And the edges, the defensive ends, if you're looking at those guys, are their fifth year options are picked up at a really high rate too. Um, so I'm with you. That's probably the first sign that it's not working out, but I think it will work out for the Texans. But just so you know, it is really expensive. That that trade they made for him. Oh yeah. More and more, the stats are telling you they spent a ton. But if it works out, who cares about the price? Yeah, that's a. Hey. Nobody cares about the price if it works. If it doesn't, we'll revisit these stats. Exactly. <laughs> be decisive. Go make make a move. I don't like they it. Did? No, I no, like I, it. I, I'm with you too. I, I, as a Texas fan, the price they paid, the price you have to pay for ineptitude and dysfunction the last three or four years in the NFL. That's the price they paid. You can't get by by. You know, having three, two one-and-done coaches in a row, which has only happened three times in NFL history, that's severe dysfunction. That's extreme ineptitude. Yep. You've got to pay the price for that. And I think, honestly, resetting the franchise and the roster with your face on defense and the face of your franchise on offense, no matter what it costs you, I think it was worth it. That's the price that must be paid. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into off the record. Okay, if your ex had to describe you, all right, as either her, the love of her life, or someone who was uh, technically efficient in the bedroom, which one would you rather be? Which one would you rather be? Hey, man, I'm, I'm just happy to be mentioned. Ben Affleck has be become mentioned. the topic of this conversation. His ex is talking about him and Brad Pitt yes. in the bedroom and comparing them both. We have the audio, and we'll discuss on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get to break the head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to get to another edition off the record. Actually, now the full Monty's back together. My man Harge joining the show from being out on the golf course at the Mullet Open. Welcome back, brother. Hey, man, I wish I was here at 3 o'clock. Hey. I just want to let y'all know that. <laughs> Six hours again. Yeah. So this is the second go- you, basically your second golf tournament you've had in what? Two, two weeks, weeks. Two weeks. That's a, that's a six-hour affair. what I tell you? I told you. Ain't nothing in my life I want to do for six hours. Well, I want to be fair. That includes banging Scarlett Johansson. I had, I had a great Not time she would with my team. I had a great time with my team. <laughs> for about four hours? I, yeah. Yeah. When the show started, I was trying to figure out where I was on the golf course so I could get back over here. <laughs> two things. It was a beautiful day. It ended up being a great day. Yeah. And you couldn't ask for more because of the fact that we were thinking it was going to rain. You know, you start looking at everything, and rain. I'm like, I really wish it would have rained. Rain? Because the humidity was working your boy a lot. It's a two-shower day today. Yeah. You got to take multiple showers today. And, and my family was texting me, and they were like, you're not on the show. You must be fired. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, the actually opposite. He's did, golfing I'm, during the show. I'm golfing <laughs> during the show, but I, I appreciate That's y'all. Exact. I appreciate y'all holding it down, as always. My crew was great. Former Longhorn football player, Christopher Danny. Now he's a physician. Y'all hear Bucky talk about him. He played under Bucky Gobbo. My man Mike, my man Mr. Highsmith was out there doing his thing. We had a great time. But let me tell you this. First time I played in the Mullet Open in a very long time, 
and Bucky and his crew have done an unbelievable job. We got a chance to come out here. You got a chance to see great people. You see great auction items. And most importantly, everybody had a great time. That's, uh, that, that's Except fantastic. for my man Rod talking about it. I'm not doing nothing for no, six not, hours. Not for six hours. I, I'm glad for a good for a good cause, I guess, you can do it for six hey, hours. Man, we got to text baseball. We're not even doing the show for four. Exactly. Y'all did a great job. Uh, all right, let's get to this uh, off the record here, gentlemen. So there was there's a podcast called uh, Alex Cooper's Call Her Daddy Podcast. And Gwenda Paltrow, the Hollywood celebrity, she was on the podcast, and um, they started talking about her love life and her exes. Uh, Gwenda Paltrow has dated Brad Pitt before. She's dated Ben Affleck. And they got deep into this conversation, so I'll just let you hear the audio, and then we'll discuss. Who was a better kisser? Oh, my God. Let me think. Gosh, I have to remember so far back. They were both good kissers. Okay. Who was better in bed? That's really hard. That is really hard because like Brad was like the sort of major chemistry love of your life kind of like at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Ben was like technically excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Holy f- <laughs> I can't believe my daughter is listening to this. Technically yeah. excellent. Yeah. Holy f- God bless J-Lo and everything she's getting over there. All right, gentlemen. So if you had your ex was asked about your, um, your abilities in the bedroom, would you rather her describe you as the love of her life or technically excellent, as Gwyneth Paltrow described Ben Affleck over Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, love of her life. Oh, he was so sweet and romantic. Uh, ben Affleck, technically Excellent. Which is better? I, I feel like if, if it, I, it would be said technically excellent, but in a way that means that it's not. Like that backwards would be like, well, I guess technically excellent. I mean, <laughs> oh, you thought it was an insult? No, no, I think she was saying insult. I'm saying if they said it about me, I would get technically, <laughs> like technically, on a technicality, it worked. So, <laughs> as that, it's excellent. <laughs> so, do you, you know, I think she is trying to basically compliment, it's almost a backhanded compliment. He's cold. Not romantic. Yeah. It wasn't loving, but it was straight to the point and got the job done. Yeah. That's why she like, said, God bless J-Lo for what she's go- dealing with over there. Yeah. You heard that really at the hard. end. Oh, no. That's what J-Lo is into. I mean, she's got. She's yeah, J-Lo came back she was, before. Yeah, well, yeah. She was so, with, so J-Lo likes it. So, so if, it, yeah. if it is cold or whatever, she loves it. Well, and she was with A-Rod. You know, he's just taking frozen. that. Like, that's like an at-bat for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes he swings and misses. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'm going with the love of her life. Because, you know, obviously I'm with my lady and I want to be the love of her life. But I'm also blue chewing it. So it's all good. <laughs> but that's your ex. This is your ex. Oh, the ex. See, your ex. See, you, you went to life. No, no. See, you, I'm you looking to, at, yeah, yeah. You're talking about, yeah, Your yeah. ex. Yeah. I want my exes to think I'm technically efficient. Hard plays right? golf for six hours. I don't care. Hours. I don't want my, I don't care if my exes think I was the love of her life. Who gives a damn? Yeah, I yeah. I want to be the, I want to be the star. I, I want to be the star. I need my exes to know I was technically yeah. efficient great, and great effective. Part, I got the job done. I'm basically like an adult toy. I got the job done. Rod watching game film. Yeah, Rod watching game film. Who can be the love of your life? She's your ex. I ain't yeah. trying to be the love of my ex's life. What I want to know. Be, I want to be the guy that wrecked shop. I want to know how life. many percentages I, I hit the green. Man. I want to know if, how many times I hit the green. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I wanna, that's what I want to know. Was I, was I putting? Was I working on my short uh, game 
or was I just a big driver? No, man. There's a big difference. How many, how many, that means. How many strokes did it take? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I oh, want to be wow. like the, the, the owl on the lollipop. Okay. A one, a two, a three. <laughs> See, this is what happens yeah. uh, when you come off of five hours on a golf course. I'm he can jump right in. He was trying yeah, to be yeah. nice. He played golf for six hours, immediately had to be nice to his wife. Yeah. I just want to be a lover of life. I love it. Don't leave me, baby. Good point. He did bring up wife. Yeah, I did. Conversation. I said that first. I, I did not, so I will be in the doghouse this weekend. <laughs> All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, Longhorn News Notes and Nuggets. We have some sounds, some audio, actually, of Urban Meyer showing love to the Longhorns. We'll talk about Malik Murphy and tampering. We'll also talk about the Longhorns' way too early preseason rankings and the rankings from on three of the wide receiver and tight end positions. We got a lot to cram into the next segment right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's really hard.